You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Welcome to the Fraternities Live Community Call. This is our weekly call where members of the fraternity uh, just get together, encourage each other with wins. We share some crowdsourced wisdom and learn practical skills to elevate in our roles as husbands, dads, friends, and beyond. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined by my co-host, Philip. Good morning, Philip. Good morning. And then we have a couple of guys, a couple of members from the community. So gentlemen, welcome to the call. Good to have you here. Happy March 1st. Hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, we were just reflecting. We've been doing this for four months, man. Four yeah. months. Matt, you've been doing it for four months as well. So <laughs> Tom, you've just been on the ride for a little bit. So thanks for being on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's to, here's to four more months mm-hmm. going, going strong. Um, I wanted to start this call just by opening the floor to anyone who would like to share either a win uh, from this past week or as we call it, a conundrum. Maybe mm. something, something you're working through. You know, we just finished our radical relationships month. So we've been just kind of delving into topics around our marriage and parenting and friendships. So curious to hear from from you guys, you know, any wins or anything that you're working through. Yeah. I've got a couple. Um awesome. Just from from the ski trip that we we went on with the family. Um, was it last week? Oh, President's Day weekend. Anyway, um, we, we got the kids lessons, just went to a little ski resort in Colorado, Loveland ski area mm-hmm. and uh, got the kids lessons on Saturday. And I had, I had almost zero expectations that they would come out of it saying, this is awesome. We loved it. Uh, but that's exactly what happened. And it was, um, this dad's heart was, was happy to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, they did lessons Saturday. Um, we went and, and kind of finished the day together on the hill and Sunday got up and went over to Copper and did the tubing hill, which was a surprisingly large amount of fun, even for us as adults. <laughs> and uh, and then they said, we want to go skiing again. So we did. Um, so wow. that was fun. And um, I didn't post it on the site yet, but I reached out to a buddy of mine. You might know him, Philip. Do you remember Josh Taylor? Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. I haven't talked to him in a while, but, um, so I reached out to him and we're, we're slated to catch up next week. That's good. That's really good. Good work. Good job. And just quick history, like Matt, I know you more than probably the people that are going to be listening to this or Tom and Ryan, but ski trips to you are like part of your DNA. Like you've been going to these ski trips since you were in probably high school, right? Well, yeah. Right after graduating. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So just taking guys out there. Uh, full disclosure, Matt and I go out and ski with a couple buddies, um, every year this past year went to big sky. So like we hit it pretty hard, uh, it's six of us total and we just have a great time. And, um, so the fact that you took your family to this, to start sharing with them and they enjoyed it, I feel like is like, just 
yeah. you know, awesome. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Ski trips are the the love language of the great white buffalo. <laughs> they, they sure are. It makes sure sense. Are. <laughs> that checks out. Um, Tom, I would love to give you a chance to share because Tom, you were the only one in our community that successfully completed this past week's challenge, which was be a person who adds value, just reaching out to someone and and serving them in a way. So, yeah, you had a pretty cool post. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. Um. So, you know, the, the challenge was to ask for somebody who, you know, needs help or something. And, you know, I actually, and Ryan, you actually posted that a little bit, how people just kind of turn that down. And, you know, I, I feel like in today's world, a lot of people don't like to admit that they need help or that they want help. You know, we're, we're just in a different society of that. But anyway, this guy... I clean windows for a living. I go to the walkie hy every Tuesday morning. And this old guy, he's, he's he goes by the name of Grumpy. And he's always knocking on the window, waving at me and telling me I missed a spot. Like he's, he's <laughs> I think his love language is harassment. He just loves <laughs> to pick on people. And I think that's why people say that he's grumpy. You know, grumpy. So... Anyway, I've known him for at least five years. And when COVID hit, he was one of those guys that just kept on going. Like after the dining room opened up, he's like, I'm going to go. So, you know, because pre-COVID, there was a lot of people in the dining area at, you know, the high beats. And now mm-hmm. it's like only the people who have been going, they will, they will go. So I got to know this guy. Um I mean, I, every single week I learn a little bit more and more about him. And, you know, he said he lived in Arizona for a little while and then he lived in Boone and now he lives in Adel. And, and he was talking a little bit about inflation and just how, like, you know, he's retired. So he's on a fixed income and just said, like, you know, his bank account had dropped and, you know, he buys the same thing every week and buys, he goes to, V for breakfast every day he's like this is my main big meal and then i just kind of snacked the rest of the day and you know that was about a month ago or two that he said that and mm. i thought man maybe i should pay for breakfast but I, it, I never really pulled the trigger and then you know this challenge you know you know put value into people who who are valuable to you and you know I was thinking about that and how he he does bring a lot of value. I look forward to Tuesday morning because I get to talk to him and, you know, the whole store, I only do like sections of it. It should only take about 45 minutes, but it takes me about an hour and a half because I sit there and talk to him. (laughs) So I was able to find a waitress and I snuck in and I said, hey, I want to pay for his meal. And I snuck out and. And then it took him to like a week before he found me. And so he found me yesterday and he just, he thanked me and he said, I scared the crap out of him. And he (laughs) said, Oh man, I just almost had a heart attack. I just can't believe, why would you do such a thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I I really value our friendship and I really enjoy talking to you. And he's just like, well, thank you. And like, you could just tell that he was trying to, he welled up in tears, but he was trying to like cover that up. But dude, that's amazing, Tom. So good yeah, job, was, buddy. That was one of them. And you know, that day I was just on a roll. So I just kept <laughs> going, talking to people, and 
So yeah, mm. it was it was really good. Wow, yeah. super That's cool, so cool. And you just took your wife to New Orleans for. <laughs> tell us about that quick. Um, pretty crazy. <laughs> it's like East Side Night at the Iowa State Fair on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me you, well, if you've been to New, if you've been to New York, it's just it's dirty. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of OCD, so I'm like, mm-hmm. where's the power wash? I can power wash these streets. It was so nasty. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was New Orleans was good. I mean, other than you know the crazy party life of New Orleans, it's you know if you don't just stay in the French Quarter. You know, you can go all around the city. There's a lot of plantation, a lot of, a lot of money back in the 17 and 1800s and early 1600s, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of history. You see old buildings that are two, three hundred years old. So yeah. it was, it's it's really cool. I I really liked it. That's cool, man. Thanks for sharing. And you took your wife down there because you guys were going to surprise her father for his 70th. Am I? Yes, his oh, 70th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what my father-in-law does is that he lives in Lake Havasu, Arizona, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the, it's actually warmer than Phoenix, what he claimed, but I don't know if that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But he says it's too cold. So he gets his motor home and he starts driving south and goes along the Gulf and goes all the way down to Florida. And then by mid-March, he starts driving back. So that's happened to be where he was. And so we all, all three so all four siblings of my wife's, uh, they all went, well, they all flew down there with their spouses and surprised him. It's awesome. So, yeah, he he was shocked. That's so, really cool. Just like cool. Grumpy. Just <laughs> like Grumpy. <laughs> hey, Tom, I wanted to circle back real quick just to uh, you buying Grumpy. I mean, probably call him happy now, uh, but buying him <laughs> breakfast and just what you shared about kind of the tendency of probably men in particular of just not admitting that we need anything. Mm. And my approach to the challenge was I just kind of texted some groups of people, but then also people individually is like, Hey, doing this thing for uh, this group I'm part of. And we're just trying to add value to people. Is there anything that you need help with like in the next week or so? And without fail, everybody was like, no, or let me think about it. And then I didn't hear back Mm -hmm. and hearing how you just, saw yeah just saw the opportunity or the need and just took action i'm like kicking myself for not just doing that and i think i came into it thinking like oh i need permission to like help Mm -hmm. people but i think that's a wrong way to think about it it's like what how do i just be perceptive and uh sensitive to the needs of those around me and just take action Um, and Mm -hmm. i love i love that you did that so i just wanted to affirm you in that and that's something that i'll definitely uh take with me from this call for sure yeah and then i feel like the most blessing is like the blessing that you feel after you've done something like that i think that's the yeah. coolest part about it just feeling i don't know just yeah. encouraged and joyful and i don't know so good job yeah thank you any other wins or conundrums what's um, up gabe nice to see you buddy oh mr chamberlain um, um, yeah there you go yeah, sorry, I'm. I was a little bit late. I bumped, jumped on, and sorry, no That's problem okay. at all. Yeah. We're just going through wins or uh, conundrums. So if you got anything you'd like to share, now's the time. I would say, like, it's 
this is the conundrum I have. All right. Um, and it kind of goes with our work. So hang on, because like this next one, uh, this next month is worthwhile work. And so how do you hmm. unwind from or decompress after a really stressful work day and, and then walk into your house and have to be like daddy mode? How do you, how do, you do that well? Um, and then I do feel like, especially now post-COVID, at least for us, for me, like my, my commute is like, I think, 12 stairs. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, how do you do that? And then also too, I think Gabe, I want you to have at least of a platform of what you've been doing with your work and how you've been making it worthwhile. And you know, it's been really neat to see. So I'll, I'll start with the stress. How do you decompress and switch over? And then, and then I want to talk about Gabe. <laughs> Yeah, I, for me, like that's that's tough because I've got I'll be traveling all day and I'll be in the middle of a phone call when I walk in the door. And mm-hmm. what helps me decompress is well, there's a couple things. I pick up my guitar. I started to leave my guitar in my living room. It always used to be like in my basement. I'm in my basement today, and it was always so distant, right? <clears throat> but about a month ago, I brought it upstairs and just put it in my in my living room. So like, I'll just pick it up and then. I, le- I literally forget everything else because I'm just focusing on playing the guitar. So, so that that helps that helps me decompress a lot. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is like cooking. I, I jump in to like, if I can just do something that requires me to have my attention and focus, like I'll jump in and start making dinner or if Brooke's making dinner, like I'll figure out a way to like, just, and sometimes she doesn't like it, but come in and like, <laughs> I'll cut the cucumbers and tomatoes and I'll just, just like, I have to stay busy. Because if, if I come home and I just sit down and like plop in front of the TV, that's all she wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's that's not. It, I won't stop thinking about work. I'll probably pick up the phone and start emailing more people, and mm-hmm. that's what I do to decompress. Oh, and then like at work, you had asked Philip about like what am I doing at my job? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, wait, wait on that one. I want to hear the other decompressings. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. The the. P- the guitar was a mm-hmm. brilliant idea i'll just say real quick I, I think for me my mind goes back to just productive pause so we talked about that in our month on victorious vision and just the importance of taking time to pause and clear our minds whatever that looks like and i think you know gabe's even touching on that with playing the guitar and there is something to you know doing something tactile uh that channels creativity I'm I'm guessing for him uh, being able to you know play music, and so I think there there is a benefit to kind of distracting yourself in healthy ways. But I know for me, like I can only distract myself for so long, and I just I need to come back to a time where I'm in prayer, a time where I you know am just doing even if it's just as simple as breath work. Like I have a reminder on my phone to a couple times throughout the day to take several deep breaths and especially if all you have is that moment where you're walking into your house and you've got to be in husband and father mode. I think taking several deep breaths and just saying a quick prayer to God of just like, God, you are my peace. Um, you are my joy and just surrendering to, to him in that moment. Um, I think for me makes a huge difference. My short answer is I don't do it well. Um, I will, (laughs) 
lucky enough to have a gracious wife who will give me the reminder or give me a look and be like do you have a rough day or what's on your mind um that's kind of my cue to uh shape up a little bit when it comes to my attitude but if i can i will schedule my day so that i can so i work out at um lifetime fitness in ankeny and they've got like a little cafe so end of the day i'll take my computer i'll set up my computer and just work from there and then i have zero excuse to not go to the gym after i'm done working so i'll try to schedule my day so i'm done at 3 34 o'clock and um then just change and head up and do a quick workout before i go home that tends to help um relieve a little stress Mm -hmm. there's a pastor at a church that does that he said that to decompress he goes to work out and then he comes home and he said it really gives a separation between work and home life mm -hmm. and i was like man i gotta try it up and i got how i can <clears throat> you know put that in my schedule but mm -hmm. um for me i i don't do this well but you know a lot of times my wife is overstimulated you know, we have three kids, six and under. And so she oftentimes gets overstimulated. She's trying to get dinner ready. She's, you know, you know, get the evening going. And now that it's been nicer out, I've been trying to get the kids out of the house to mm. just let them play outside, run around, do stuff. And just kind of, you know, just kind of let my wife have a little decompression mode. And for me, you know, it's just nice to just, be able to just sit out and just I don't really have to talk I can just kind of enjoy the kids playing with other kids and just kind of relax for a little bit so I actually in the summer I have one of those <clears throat> egg basket chairs swinging chairs on my porch and I'll, I, I usually sit there after work and just have like a nice cool drink and just hang out for a little bit so it's really good good job um, I think that's really good. I have a rower right next to my stairs. So I feel like I'm going to start implementing if I haven't rowed already, just jump on that thing for 20 minutes to have that like decompression. So I can come up kind of a different in a different mindset. I think that's really good. Um, okay, so I want to quick do this. And then I want to hear from you, Gabe. Uh, we've been having these calls for the last four months. Uh, we've covered uh, probably what three out of the six pillars. Uh, we started in November 2022. We did Victorious Vision. In December, we did Stellar Stewardship. Then January, we did Holistic Health. And then February, we did Radical Relationships. And March is our worthwhile work. So we're going to keep doing this, um, keep going down the pillars. We have Fervent Faith. <clears throat> and we have... Uh, fervent Faith will be our last one. Uh, that's our last after, one. After this month. Yeah. Oh, nice. So pretty sweet. Uh, but I would say that from our kind of experience that we had this past uh, couple of weeks ago, Gabe, one of his biggest thing was like, how do I be intentional in my work and use my, you know, like as a platform to just be different and uncommon. And so I feel like Gabe, you've done a tremendous job since our little weekend doing that. So will you talk through kind of what that was and, and, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like when I got home from our uncommon trip and still to this day, just like fired up and just unashamedly wanting to be bold 
about my faith. And in a world of wholesalers, in a world of salespeople, which is what I do, we oftentimes get just identified as, you know, or, or we just get put into a box of this is what all wholesalers are like. And I've never been like that. So one of the things I did home, I don't remember if it was the next day or the Tuesday after, but shortly after I posted on LinkedIn um, and the LinkedIn post just said something like, you know, I'm passionate about helping Americans save for retirement, but you know what else I'm passionate about? And I listed out all these things that, that I'm passionate about. Faith was right at the top of the list. And I, I intentionally put pictures of certain things that I'm passionate about. And I made sure that the picture that was, you know, front and center was of me playing guitar with a great big cross behind me at church. Mm-hmm. I had a hashtag of faith in that post. <clears throat> and that is something I think that corporate probably doesn't um, want us to do, but I really didn't care because mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I just, I didn't care. And if I was like, if they're going to fire me over this, then that's a God thing. And I'm just like, praise God for getting fired. You're right. <laughs> but no matter what, I was going to glorify him and I was going to put him him right front and center. And so I did that. And I was really surprised at the outreach that I got after that. Like, yeah, there were some people who commented back on the LinkedIn post, which was cool. Some people that I didn't know about, but I got some direct messages from people that were like, Hey, I really appreciate your post. I even got some emails directly from my competitors who were like, we really appreciate you doing that. And it was good to see you, you know, good to see you that side of you. We didn't know. Being authentic, right? Like that's yeah. so it was, attractive. And they didn't know. Like, and I was then I was like, I felt like how many people don't know that this is such an important piece of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I made like at that uncommon event, I don't even know if I told you guys, but I got on my knees up in that room when I was reading our letters and I just recommitted myself and, and my faith. And I hadn't felt like that since the day that I was saved. Mm. Said a prayer and it was God, I, I'm going to be bold for you the rest of my life. And I'm just mm. going to, what oh. I'm, I'm going to unashamedly talk about Jesus. And it led to a conversation with a really good friend of mine <clears throat> who I've known for 20 years. And he, we met for lunch. I shared the gospel again. And then last week he emailed me. He's like, Hey, I've got questions about the Bible. Can we meet for lunch? And I was like, yep, I'll meet you in like 20 minutes. Mm. Oh yeah. And so this is a, a close friend of mine who is not a believer. And I was like, I was upset at myself for waiting so long in my life to be so bold. But then I was like, you know what? It's all God's time. It's perfect right? timing. Right. Right. Huh. So I'm just like fired up and I'm just like ready. To, and I've never been like this, just like <laughs> proactively, boldly sharing my faith and incorporating it into my job and everything that I do. Um, meetings yesterday in Omaha, I was in Omaha all day, all night. Um, and it came up a couple of times and I'm just sharing my story. And it's, it's great to see people like the look in their eye will change when, when you talk about your faith, either mm-hmm. it's kind of flippant or like, ah, that's another one of these guys right. or it's like, oh, okay. Like you're not a wholesaler. You're a person <laughs> who has Jesus first, his family second, maybe right. all of his passions here and your job's a means to an end that I'm passionate about. So it's been really healthy, really healthy for me and really good. Right. Uh, I wanted to quick share this because I think it's really interesting is we, I have a friend that uh, started a church up in East Lansing, Michigan, and his church's name is the Commons Church because we are common people. 
And he was like, I think it's really interesting that you have a company called Uncommon. <laughs> and and basically what he was saying is like, no, we're common people under God. And I said, yes, we are in the faith. We are common people and God uses us. But we are when we are not in like a faith circus or like a religious place, we are uncommon because we're serving an uncommon God. And so our actions and our like way that we interact with people should be uncommon because our power is coming from an uncommon God. We're used, we're very common people. I totally agree with you. But when you're doing things like this, you're serving an uncommon God and that's attractive in a space that has not many people who are doing this. So I'm super, like, I'm just smiling ear to ear. Like you can't really see this uh, if you're listening to this, but the fact that you're being bold and you're being uncommon in a very, um, in a place that this is very different and it's attractive to the right people. And those people are going to see you as a beacon of like, I need to go talk to Gabe. I got a couple questions. So great huh. job. And that's what we're talking about this month is worthwhile work. Um, and mm-hmm. so like work is worship, practicing hard work and rest, being a leader in your workplace and pursuing a passion in your profession. So I'd love to start out with a question and what words or thoughts come to mind when you hear the word work? Stress. Mm. Necessary evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine is physical labor. Yeah. What would you say, Ryan? Yeah. A lot of things come to mind, both good and positive and negative. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe one is just the uh, working for the weekend. Um, and then, you know, like the tea, thank God it's Friday. Or, but I think there are also positive, like creating and cultivating, you know, we think of God's original mandate to Adam in the garden. So like work is something given to us by God, but we in our sinfulness can, can twist it and make it about bad things. Mm-hmm. I also look at it now, like it's a new opportunity, right. With how I'm being bold about it. Like, like who, who can I share with today? Right. Who, who can I, who can I talk about Jesus with today in my job? So that's, I look for that now, which is totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a mission field. Yeah, truly. It is. It depends. Like, I guess different seasons of my life is when I would say a different thing. Like right now I'm actually very, if I'm being honest, kind of overwhelmed with work, but um, only because a couple of circumstances, but there was a part where me after college, I was just like uh paycheck, like work paycheck. And then there was a, a time there of like, oh, what? Because I was creating things and, and interacting with people in such a way that I felt like was uh, uniquely the way God gifted me. So I was super encouraged by work. Now I'm a little overwhelmed with work. So I think it changes uh, from time to time. So I, de- I definitely want to just kind of go back and like, um, like kind of give, I don't know, a definition, if you will. But uh, how do we define worthwhile work? Let's just go there. And then we'll kind of go into why did God make it? Like, what did, <laughs> why are we working? Um, so we think about that, but worthwhile work to Ryan and I allows us to exercise our God given gifts and exploring our passions all while earning an income as we add value as uh, to those we serve, uh, because we live in a broken world. We don't believe in a perfect job that's free from any struggle or disappointment or things we hate. Let's be honest. Uh, however, we do believe that we can actively explore God given gifts and passions, learning new skills as we pursue worthwhile work. And I think the thing that I would add with that is just we're called to create. 
Like, are you creating things in work, whether it's creating uh, eternal relationships, whether it's creating something that, you know, like that you are using and get to see growth and, and encouragement for, um, there's a lot of ways that you can create in your job. But for me, I think it's, you got to create something and anyway, so why do you think God's original mandate was for work? Like, why, why are we working today? The easy answer is just that's how we created us. We were created to work. Yep. I don't have much beyond that yet. No, I think that's spot on because, you know, we were created by a, a creator, <laughs> obviously. And God worked. God's a working God. Like he worked when he created the world and everything in it. And so doing our work well, like that's a reflection of of his glory, of being created in his image. I was trying to think of a verse in Genesis, right, where 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 God did, you know, after the sin, after the great sin, like God put Adam on this earth to plow the field or whatever the verse. I was trying to think of where it's at, but that's exactly Matt what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it started there, and then everything just kind of evolved off of farming the ground, the dirt. Right. Everything. I think just- it's because that's what I did too. I I went immediately there, Gabe, too. But God, uh-huh. like in Genesis two fifteen. Uh, the Lord God took him, the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. That was before the fall. Right. After the fall, weeds came, <laughs> and <laughs> we were we had a, it was a way different world, right? Like because we have now weeds that we're toiling through, and like we got to keep doing this. Like, but I think the first part was like he he put him in Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And now we're doing that, but now we just have, I think, more obstacles because of the fall, which is weeds. And you can categorize weeds in many different ways and many different vocations, I'm sure. But yeah, the, the kind of the other reason we had was to exercise dominion. So that word just meaning like sovereign control over God's creation. So in God's natural order, he assigned man as a responsible trustee to partner with God in caring for his creation. Uh, there's a verse uh, in Psalms 8, 4 and 6. It says, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. So yeah, even going back to that original mandate in the garden, like God put Adam in charge to have dominion, um, to steward God's creation for his glory. Mm-hmm. It's good. But you're right. Our work has definitely been cursed. And we see that in, in Genesis 3. Um, do you want to read that? passage phil yeah so genesis 3 cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life it'll produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return um why we aren't all farmers, let's be honest. In what ways do you feel like you exercise the curse of the fall of your work? <laughs> the toils. I think that's what the thistles. I don't know. No longer do we just get to reap the harvest. Yes. Right. I mean, but it, it also causes me to think like, would there have come a time when Adam been like, freaking apples, I gotta go climb the apple tree <laughs> and go pick the apples and then I got to peel them and then I got to, you know, or whatever. Right. What do you, <laughs> what, what a, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe some miraculous, like 
something would have happened and his heart wouldn't have hardened. But mm-hmm. um, it, it does make me wonder if <laughs> it still work. Right. And there, to me, there's an endlessness of it. Like there's, you got to constantly be going and doing, mm-hmm. yeah. doing it again. Like you kind of said, Matt, Tom windows keep getting dirty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it while you guys are talking about it, but you know, for a short time in my life I worked hard I worked really hard and it was back when I was first married and I only had one kid and I would work late and you know I kind of burned myself out to the point where I was so exhausted at night that I couldn't even function with my family and Mm. you know I I thought oh you know you know the American dream is to I mean, we hire everything out. Like, you can have a maid, you can have somebody mow, you can you can hire anything out. And I thought, oh, that's that's the American dream. Like, okay, that's what you do. But even if you hire those things out, you know, I I felt I still felt empty and depressed. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, back to what you guys are saying. You know, like, well, God created us to work, and so just. Really, in the last year, I've I've been trying to figure out what does it mean to work, and what does it mean to enjoy work, and enjoy and to balance that with my family life. And mm-hmm. so I've been trying to balance that. It's really hard because my I'm naturally a hard worker. I like to work hard, and so I'm trying to figure out that balance. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of where I stand with the whole worthwhile work and balancing that out mm-hmm. yeah that's good tom we'll spend the last couple minutes just real quick kind of connecting our our work to a worship so there's a, a saying it says man's chief end in life is to glorify god and enjoy him forever and so this idea of of being bringing glory to god um, you know, I, I think of, there's a verse from Psalm 100 verse two it says, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing. And a lot of times we, we think of worship just as like praise and worship with singing and music. And that is a big part of it, but more broadly worship can, we can think of it as reverence or adoration, um, that we show towards God specifically. And so the idea of like work as worship is just how do we practice reverence and adoration to God in our work, even in the struggle, even in the tasks that that we really don't especially enjoy? How do we still practice reverence and adoration to God? I posted a video in this challenge, and it just was like kind of walked through work as worship. And one of the points that the video made was that worship isn't just a Sunday morning experience. Like every aspect of our lives is an opportunity to bring glory to God. So I would even love to end with this question and then we'll, we'll have kind of our outro, but uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, what do you love most about the work you do and how do you feel it brings glory to God? I'll go first, man. I love to serve people and I love to just meet them where they're at. And in financial services, you would think that all I care about is people's money. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like I care about how they are doing, how their marriage is doing, how going, how their work is going, how's their health? Do they feel like they're being, you know, intentional with where they're taking their family? Where's your faith at? 
And then are you being a good steward of what God's given to you? And so those, the pillars, crazy enough, are really what I get excited about when I meet with somebody and and letting people have an opportunity to just be talking about that stuff. Um, and in that, you know, if there's an opportunity for for me to help them or serve them in any way, um, I'm, I'm honored to be able to do that because a lot of times people be like, so like, what do you do for work? Or like, when do you start working? And I'm like, I've been working this whole time. Like, <laughs> I just feel like this is my job is to meet people where they're at and to be able to do that every day. Um, and also pay my bills is a huge blessing. So that's what I love most about my job, meeting with people. My job is just time flexibility. You know, I'm my own boss. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. And, you know, my dad kind of modeled this. And, you know, he's always been someone that, you know, he, he talks to people and, you know, you know, like Philip, you know, you say you kind of meet them where they're at, but there's, people are pretty open once you talk to them. Like they'll, they'll talk about their lives. They'll talk about what's going on. And, you know, there's been many times where my dad has heard like the story and just said, Hey, can I pray for you right now? Or, you know, stuff like that. So like just trying to, you know, slow down. That's what I've been working on for the last year, but really just having meaningful conversations. So, that's one thing I do love about my job is that I can do that. So I'm, I'm trying to implement that as it does bring me joy. It's mm. good. Yeah. And like you mentioned with your experience with grumpy Tom, like you having that, <laughs> that time flexibility does allow you to glorify God by, you know, you said a job that would take you 45 minutes takes, you know, twice as long because you spend time pouring into that relationship and, and, mm-hmm. and being loving and serving towards, towards people, which awesome. I love it times when I can, I can fulfill a need, right? I'm in sales too. I can actually give somebody what they need for their business, but then also mm-hmm. develop a, a relationship, a friendship like Josh, who I'm meeting up with next week. He was a client of mine for years um, in a past life. And, you know, now he's just a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i enjoy just the, the chance to meet people that i probably wouldn't have met otherwise right so. and how cool it is that you keep in touch with him because he knows that you were being authentic when you were selling something to him you know <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool gabe what is what's your thoughts quick you know i, I take I, I love being like the dependable guy who you know, they call me, they email me, they know that, Hey, I'm going to be responsive. And like, I'm going to give them what they need. And it may not be the answer, but I'm just like always there. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I love that aspect of my job. It's really just impacting people positively. Right. I think that's just being a positive and what can be a negative situation or a, I just, I just love being the guy that they can call, they can email, get answers. Yeah. And you're trustworthy enough to get them back. Like you, you follow up with them. You know, that's a big deal. Yeah. A lot of people do that. So, okay. We got two big quick announcements and then we got to rock. We're over time. All right. So it's going to do this at the top of the show, but it's fitting to do it now. So I wanted to announce our challenge winner from last month. And it's my proud duty to say that the winner of the radical relationships challenge uh, was 
Tom Hay. Congratulations, <laughs> Tom, with a grand wow. grand uh, total of 312 points. Um, so, Tom, I believe you uh, prepared a speech. You have some people you'd like to thank. Uh, <laughs> we don't, music. We, yeah, we don't music. have time for that. They're already playing you off the stage, but uh, <laughs> we'll be excited to uh, celebrate you and give you your uh, prize at our dinner tomorrow evening. So great mm-hmm. work. Thanks for being an example. And then this week's challenge is watch a short video on worthwhile work, as Ryan uh, mentioned before. Reflect on the reasons that you're grateful for work and why God has called you to do what you're doing. Uh, why do you love what you do? What ways do you feel like God is calling you to perform better at your work as your worship unto him? Post your answers in the challenge. Uh, remember that the major, major benefit of this community is just accountability. So if you feel like God is convicting you in a certain area, feel free to share the group. Uh, and then even if it's different than the challenge that we have, uh, just so we can hold our, hold each other accountable. And tomorrow, six o'clock, dinner at my house. We're having a taco bar. So uh, please comment in the dinner party circle what side you're going to bring. Uh, but I'm super excited to celebrate Tom and just get together with everybody. Uh, Gabe, it'll be great to see you. Um, and yeah, we got a gift for you guys. So come on. Oh, yeah. Got to love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Great call. Thanks for being on it. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Yep. Back to you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.